0: I will mean, beg to differ because my husband matched in the third attempt also. Oh and my gosh. Yeah, and you have to be persistent in it. You have to improve your application every single time to realize what it is I did wrong the first time. Why is it that 15 other people are getting like 10 and 15 interviews and I am getting like one? You know what I mean? You know what I mean?
1: Hey there, and welcome to the IMG Residency Match Podcast. You're in the right place if you're an ambitious international medical graduate who wants insider strategies and inspiration to help you match into residency. I'm your host, Shawnee Kay Lester. I've been an admission consultant and writing coach for 12 years, and for the last seven years, I've helped IMGs create residency applications that help them get multiple interviews. Match and create the medical career they want. I was in a great job, I loved, and <laughs> um, I worked for an insurance company. For, I was there for about seven years, and um, so when Darren matched, well, I had already given my my bosses the heads up, so they would not the shop when I told them I had to resign within a couple of months, which I did. Um, so Darren matched like in March, and I left the company. May 31st, to first May three was my last day. And we moved that first week in June to New York. Yeah, it was hard for me to leave um, after being in a company for so long. And then you have to start over again and send yourself and um, you know, just get yourself out there again, there again, there
2: again. Within sixteen months or eighteen months or so, I was able to do all three steps very quickly. So and then I was able to apply. So it will be different for other people. But I'll say you definitely need a timetable, you definitely need a, an endpoint inside. Don't just be like studying, studying. Set a date and work towards it. Because if you don't study it, you're always going to be pushing it back. Alright? So when, when you set the date and you pay for the exam, it's like a commitment. Because each time you push by the exam, that's more money you have to pay. So that's what I would that I would advise people. Set the date, work towards the date, do your practice exam. If you get a good grade, just go for it and do the exam don't be too nervous or shy or anything like that. Because the more you push it back, it's not going to help, I'm telling you, because it's more time wasting, more money wasting, and you start to forget stuff. So it's just like a vicious cycle.
0: That's why my love for medicine didn't go away because that opportunity of becoming an OBGYN hospitalist gave me, afforded that opportunity, and as well as my experiences led me to become a physician career coach and let my physicians know that there's more to life than medicine. We all know that, we say that, but you have to find your way back to finding your love of your life as well as medicine, medicine. There's something called the Lozado Ratio, L-O-S-A-D-I-O. What that is, that's a ratio of positive thoughts to negative thoughts. And what it says is for every one negative thought that we have, in order to wipe out the one negative thought, we need three positive thoughts. It's kind of like to balance it out. So it's like I have a negative thought. And like I said, you'll dwell on the negative thought, right? You'll just keep dwelling on it and dwelling on it. But if you have three positive thoughts after that, so if it's like I failed the test, okay, you failed the test or you didn't get matched. The positive thoughts, I can try again. I can do it this way this time. I can hire someone. I I know other people who have not matched on the first time and they tried and they got it on their second time. Like you're you have to combat that negative thought. thought, thought, So
3: being in high school you're you're
0: very focused
3: on self i think so you're focused on studying by yourself or with a group but doing the exams by yourself when you switch to medical school you're suddenly like the underdog again so you're the first two years you're studying really hard by yourself or with a group but then you're forced to work with groups on group projects you're forced to constantly expect the unexpected you're always a series of firsts you're constantly doing things first again for the all the time so you're you're getting used to being i guess being more prepared with being unprepared and learning better to prepare for what comes next i think during medical school as well you see a lot of new medical things for the first time you're being ushered into clinical practice and that can be really scary so you're you're experiencing a you either become really callous
1: or you Mm. learn to deal with all of the emotions that come with seeing people die for the first time time. Till next time we close with a word of inspiration from me your host Shauna Kay relationships will let you into rooms that your resume cannot you might not have the perfect resume but you can still get to your goal if you focus on building and nurturing genuine relationships I
0: think
1: one of the things that may sound obvious but I'm just going to say it out
3: loud is that your primary job in residency training is to learn and excel clinically like so your primary job is to learn the clinical thing that you came to learn how to do and to be able to practice and then execute and become expert in that area and literally everything else comes second and so sometimes the focus on wanting to do subspecialty or the focus on academics or really anything else, I see trainees can get caught up in all the extracurriculars and think that the clinical part is just happening by default because they're showing up to work every day. But by far, more than anything else, what's gonna have you have the support of your program for whatever you wanna do next, getting an academic job straight out or doing fellowship is being clinically excellent. excellent, excellent.
4: But I would caution against going in with your mind already made up. Things will change in residency. You know, when I was in medical school, I really, was, I was certain I was going to be a surgeon, but things changed. Um, I decided that I didn't <laughs> want to be a surgeon. Just like when I, you know, in, when I started internizing, I thought I would want to get cardinals so and then I decided I didn't want to be and I wanted to do something else. So, you know, to keep an open mind, open mind, open mind. Open mind. The American medical grads They aren't afraid to put pen to paper. During residency, I was at the hospital with some very elite US grads. And one of them there was applying for a fellowship and it was going on about how, you know, one of his close family members is like a right, a physician. I was, I think, an Mm -hmm. ER physician and a writer for New York Times or somewhere. And, uh, you know, this resident resident um, had expected that a family member was going to write their essay for them and basically edit their whole application and was actually a bit annoyed that they were having to do a little bit of the work themselves and give this family member some background. So uh, when I heard that, I was like, if you're a foreign grad and you're coming from outside and these people have all these resources, it's, it's really an uphill battle. So. Just to be on a level playing field with somebody like that, you know, you really have to have somebody really going over yourself, putting together a really good application. application.
0: To match there, firstly mm-hmm. it was almost surreal because we, I was going through this process. It was just one thing after the next. It was just like exams, applications, preparing for interviews, flying, and it was match time before I knew it. Mm-hmm. And matching there was was really was really I can't even describe it. It was really really good. The fact that I could achieve this. Um, as a young woman, as someone who, I never thought I would get this opportunity. Aww. Let's just say that. So for it to actually be a reality, to actually do it with a child, I thought that was a really big accomplishment. And so I'm just super happy about it and looking forward to that new, that, this new challenge that's going to be coming, coming soon. Coming soon.
5: So I grew up in an inner city and I was considered the smart girl in my high school and when I went off to college that identity got shattered very quickly because I went from graduating second in my class in high school to receiving withdrawals, C's, F's, letters that I had never seen in my life wow. <laughs> you know, when I got to college. I was so ashamed of what was happening to me that I never spoke out about it and I never seeked out help. And mm-hmm. so I was on the, the pre-med track, I was a bio major with the intent to go on to medical school to become an OBGYN. and I got to my junior year of college, sat down in my advisor's office because we're having the discussion, okay, what are your plans for senior year? what you know what do you plan on doing after you graduate and i was like i'm going to medical school and she took one look at my transcript and was like you're what not with (laughs) these grades she like gave me one of those looks like are you sure like this is what you want to do because based off of your grades right now this does not seem feasible and her exact words were something along the lines of um, you don't have what it takes to succeed in the medical field but never once Throughout the entire time that I was in college, did anyone sit me down and have the conversation with me of like, what's really going on here? They just assumed that because I couldn't keep up, that that meant that I wasn't capable and I didn't have the skills in order to succeed. When really what was happening is, I didn't have the skills to succeed in that moment. 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 Oh,
2: yes, yes, awesome. okay Oh man, okay. That's, a, that's a, actually a very difficult question, right? Okay. And there is no right or wrong answer. I think the first thing I'd approach is, it it comes from you. It comes from you and within you and whatever you use as your compass and whatever you use to direct you. I know for me, when all the odds were against me and everyone may have said, consider something else or do something else, I knew within me that I was going to match. I didn't know when, I didn't know how, but I knew I was going to match because this is a path I know God wanted me to walk. And this is a path I know I wanted to walk, right? So a big part of it comes down to you and you truly knowing, was this really what I wanted to do or not? Or was I just doing it for my family or for parents or for wife or husband or or socials just... Because it's a norm and everybody's doing it was this truly what you want for you and for your career right that's important now having decided that okay this is truly what you wanted i think one of the best advice i got and something that really stuck with me especially in that year um, when it was really hard and i mean i eventually matched but was you know this uh, young lady i met she was a resident she said andre the only persons that don't match are the persons that
1: stop trying. So I do want to thank you so much for tuning in to season one. I thank you for your time and I thank you for your attention and for people who have sent feedback. I thank you so much for your feedback as well. I want to celebrate you for even starting your match journey and for every single inch of progress that you've made along your way. Whether that's in, you know, just taking your exams, starting your application, finishing your application, taking more exams, resetting an exam that you failed. You know, for anybody who's reapplying to the match, definitely be encouraged. I want to celebrate you and I want to thank you for taking some of your time to listen to our podcast. And of course, please join us for future seasons. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the IMG Residency
0: Match podcast.